14 runs was more than enough for the Dodgers last night, and they take the series against the Rockies. J.D. Martinez continues to be good. Jason Hayward continues to be good. We'll talk about both of them. Austin Barnes, not that great. We'll talk about him as well. The Dodgers making some moves in the NL West. We got some all-star starters and an update on Clayton Kershaw. All that's coming, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the day of the podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. Make sure to make us your first listen and you can do so by finding us wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, simply by searching for locked on Dodgers and become a part of the everydayers. And the easiest part to become part of the everydayers is to listen every day to make it easy by to listen every day. You got to subscribe in each or both of those places and never miss a day. Cause you know, we're not going to. If there's your first time listening or watching, I'm Vince Samperio, and usually joined by co-host Jeff Snyder. He'll be here a little bit later in the episode. We're doing a split episode today. We're both lifelong Dodger fans that have spent time covering the team. We've been in the press box, been in the locker room, been at Dodger Stadium a lot of times, all over Dodger Stadium. And uh, we're here to bring you what we think is a smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And that's what we're here to do once again today. The Dodgers broke out. Offensive, I don't know, broke out, but they had a great game last night offensively. They put up 14 runs. They only allowed three runs uh, in the game that was delayed a couple hours due to a hailstorm in Colorado. Uh, on Tuesday's game, I believe game time was around 80 some degrees. Earlier in the day, had been up to 90 degrees in Colorado. And then Thursday, we get a hailstorm. So, yeah, the wild weather over there in Denver. Uh, but the Dodgers were able to push through the, the bad weather and they were able to take advantage of some bad pitching from the Rockies and put up those 14 runs uh, on the day where the Diamondbacks lost and the Giants lost. The Dodgers moved their way back into second place in the NL West and are within two games of the Diamondbacks now. Uh, half a game ahead of the Giants, two games back of the Diamondbacks and eight and a half games ahead of the Padres. So Padres lost. Uh, they got swept by the Pirates. They continued their struggles. The Mets continue their struggles. Um, so, you know, if you if you felt like, oh, man, the Dodgers season's not as fun or whatever the case because, you know, they've gone through some rough patches, the Dodgers' rough patch is still second place within striking distance uh, in the NL West and definitely in the playoffs. Whereas some other teams, rough patches are eight to ten games out of a playoff spot currently. So, hey, everyone, everyone, uh, everyone acts different, right? So, yeah, but the Dodgers, like I said, they're continuing to, to push on, winning series. Uh, you know, after a, a tough end to June, they finished June with the losing record. Or actually, no, they play one more game tonight. Sorry, if they win tonight, they'll finish June exactly at five hundred which after the way this month started uh, is a nice recovery. It'll be their first non-winning month since May of 2018. But again, like I said, if they can win tonight and the Diamondbacks lose tonight, the Dodgers leave the month uh, just one game back in first place. 
with with uh you know week and a half left to play before the all-star break or actually just one week left before the all-star break so but let's talk about what was good uh what was good was jd martinez and jason hayward among the rest of the offense you know Mookie Betts had some hits everybody had a hit and a run scored in the starting lineup other than somebody we're going to talk to and talk about in the next segment uh which was austin barnes but you know jd martinez he came through he ended up with a four hit game was four for four for six four rbi a home run you had jason hayward who finished the game three for five with an rbi and you know we've we've talked about both of these guys but it's just a another reason to go back to them because you know jd martinez had hit a little bit of a of a very slight rough patch uh, he's since then recovered because if you go, you know, if you go over the last two weeks overall, he's hitting 241 with an OPS just, you know, around 730. But then you cut that in half to the last week and he has a 345 average with an OPS over a thousand. He had no home runs in the week before that. He has three home runs this past week. And he continues to be, you know, that guy for the Dodgers named an all-star starter. Jeff will talk about a little bit later. But you look at his season numbers right now. He's OPS in 896, 19 home runs, 55 RBIs, 37 runs scored, and 250 at-bats. Like, he is getting it done. And he's been exactly what the Dodgers have needed. And, you know, especially considering he was a one-year signing in the offseason, uh, basically trying to boost himself in order to maybe get one more s- s- little payday before uh, you know his, he's getting up there in age uh, in terms of baseball age. And he's been, you know, exactly what the Dodgers needed on offense and, and, and been able to anchor that middle of the order and be that guy. And some of the home runs he's hit in Colorado, like opposite field home runs, some of the ones he hit in Colorado and it's just been fun to watch. And, you know, at this point when he comes up, you're expecting him to come through pretty much every time he had on the first inning, he had an RBI single and an RBI single in quotation marks. He hits a fly ball. Grandel Gritchick loses, ends up falling in. Mookie Betts scored his next at bat or two at bats later. He has an actual RBI single hitting a ball up the middle. Mookie Betts scores. And then later in the game, he hits that home run. So, you know, he's been, great on offense and it's not just like the home runs and everything else he's a legitimate really 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 good hitter look at his baseball savant page and you know he's in the 90th percentile or above on average exit velocity hard hit percentage expected well but expected slugging barrel percentage he's all up there you know and then he's just under in max exit velocity and expected batting average in the 80s so he has a lot of red there he's hitting the ball hard he's hitting the ball well and you look at his spray chart, and it's interesting because, like, for power, he's hitting all over. Like, yeah, he has a little bit more pool side, but there's a lot of center field, right center field, and a couple, like, into right field for power. And then everything else that's not for power, singles or maybe some doubles in the gap, everything else is pool side. So he's able to cover, you know, many parts of the play. He's able to do his job for the Dodgers. And, yeah, it's it's been really fun to watch. And, you know, he's having – Last year, like I mentioned last year when the Dodgers signed him, like he had a really good first half. And this is what we, I guess what we have to watch out for. He had a really good first half. He was named an all-star last year as well uh, with the Red Sox. And then he had a really rough 
spot there in July. July and August was really bad for him last year. Then he had a pretty hot September uh, to finish out the season, but and well, a little bit of a couple of days of October. So, you know, it remains to be seen, obviously, right now, if he can keep that up. But last year, even then, he didn't have this power. He, he didn't have – he had – 16 total home runs last year. He's already got 19 this year. So he is a little bit of a different hitter. I don't expect him to cool off to, you know, cool off. And if he does, I expect him to get right back to it. He's one of those guys that constantly working on the swing constantly, you know, they talk about all the time doing the, the video and, and building the swing and talking about a swing and going through it. So I don't expect there to be a huge drop off. And like I said, the fact of the matter is that he is not, it's not like a, a spot of luck or anything like that. Like he's hitting the ball hard. He's being rewarded for it. He's hitting the ball over the field. And he's been exactly what the Dodgers have needed. So Jason Hayward also has been maybe not exactly what the Dodgers needed, but he's been very, very good for what the Dodgers signed him for. Austin Barnes has not been very, very good. We'll talk about both of those guys. That's what's coming up. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel and FanDuel. Take your first bet, pick your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. You bet 20 bucks, you can land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So go check out FanDuel Sportsbook right now. You can bet on a lot of things. You can bet on the actual game tonight for Dodgers Royals. You can bet on who's going to hit a home run, who's going to get a hit. You can do a put-together same-game parlay. If you think Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are going to get a hit, you can do that. You can If you think Mookie Betts is going to get a hit, Freddie Freeman is going to get a hit, and J.D. Martinez is going to home run, you can do that too. So go check it out. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League baseball thank you for making locked on dodgers your first listen of the day every day make sure to find us wherever you find podcasts and on youtube and subscribe and become a part of the everydayers by listening every weekday morning you can also listen to us on sirius xm or the sxm app if you search locked on dodgers which is how you can listen to the Dodgers home broadcast for every game if you're not able to watch that SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just search Dodgers. Okay, let's talk about Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward had three hits last night, as we talked about. He's now up to – he's hitting 252 with an OPS of 821. He's got eight homers, 18 RBI, 31 runs scored, and 155 at-bats. So he's been really good for the Dodgers, and and – you know, Dodgers signed him to a minor league deal. He made the team out of spring. And he's been, like I said, not exactly what the Dodgers needed, but he's been what the Dodgers asked from him, which is to be a guy that can, you know, get in there against right-handed pitching, provide some strong defense, and he's starting to provide some good hitting. And, and you know, he's been fairly consistent throughout the season. Obviously, he's had some, you know, dry spells here and there like anybody else, but he's been fairly consistent throughout the season. And he, I think he's been quietly consistent. Like, 
you know, I've said this before when Hayward, you know, he'll go 0 for 5 one day. You'll remember that. And then he'll have like a quiet 3 for 5 day in in either, you know, a Dodger win. But he doesn't have like the big hit, but he ends up being on base the whole game and you don't realize it. Uh, You know, last night, if you think about it, you probably, you know, you think about J.D. Martinez home run and you think about Wookiee Betts, couple doubles, and you might think of other people's hits. You know, but Hayward had three hits last night and, you know, a little bit easier to remember since he had a couple doubles. But again, he's been great for the Dodgers. And, you know, it's been nice to see a little bit of a career resurgence for him. He, you know, he got let go by the Cubs last year. The Cubs are still paying him. Um, he made it to 40, just 48 games last year for the Cubs. He's already played 62 for the Dodgers this year. He hasn't had an OPS this high since the 2020 season. Uh, when he OPS 848, but besides the 2020 season, he hasn't had an OPS this high since his rookie year when he was at 849. Ever, other than that, he's been at 821 or below, or 814 or below if you look through all his other seasons. So obviously the Dodgers are putting him in a spot where he can contribute. You know, he's not facing a lot of left-handers. He's facing mostly right-handers. Um, but again, he's still coming through, and it's been nice to see. And hopefully it continues on and, and you know, he continues to see the ball well, hit the ball well, and, uh, you know, go from there. One guy that is not seeing the ball well or hitting the ball well or doing much of anything that well, unfortunately, is Austin Barnes. Austin Barnes was the only starter last night to not have a hit and a run scored. He went 0 for 5 with two strikeouts. He's now hitting 101 on the season. With a 322 OPS, that is uh, not a not a mistake, not a typo. That's a 322 OPS. His OPS plus is negative 10. Remember, average OPS plus is 100. Austin Barnes is at negative 10. Based on baseball reference war, B war, he's at negative 1.2. So he's actually cost the Dodgers a game based on B war. Um, the Dodgers would be one game behind the Diamondbacks if Austin Barnes hadn't been on the roster so far this season. And, you know, I don't think the Dodgers are thinking or considering moving away from Austin Barnes or trying to find somebody else. And, I, you know, I guess they believe he's going to turn it around. I'm not sure. But you go back and, and you remember the year, 2016, when the Dodgers traded A.J. Ellis, who was – you know, similar to Austin Barnes in the sense, well, Austin Barnes never was really a full-time starter, but similar in the sense of Clayton Kershaw, like pitching to him, he was Clayton Kershaw's friend. Um, you know, he had had some moments for the Dodgers. And although that year he was traded wasn't just production-wise, I have a feeling if he would have been more productive that they would have been able to overlook some of the stuff that, uh, in terms of locker room stuff that that I found out that why, you know, why he was dealt. But you look at that year and you remember that AJ Ellis was not good that year. Not good AJ Ellis was 194 batting average, 537 OPS, and a 47 OPS plus. So he was 57 points better or 57% better OPS plus than Austin Barnes. I don't know if that's how that works, but either way, he was way better than Austin Barnes. And we thought he was bad. You know, AJ Ellis was not good back then. That's how bad Austin Barnes has been this year. And, yeah, like I said, I, I don't think the Dodgers are considering moving on from him, even though maybe they should. But in a year where you're going to need 
well, you've needed everything to go right. It hasn't gone right. But you're in the year where in order to win the NOS, in order to be the Dodgers that you, you know, for can remember, you need everything to go right. And this is not going right at all. And the fact of the matter is that I don't know if it's going to be able to go right. And, you know, I, you don't want to give up an asset of value to go get a backup catcher. Like realistically backup catcher shouldn't matter that much, but the Dodgers play Austin Barnes more than they should. Like Will Smith should only begin one day off a week, realistically, uh, unless it's like the back, a back to back of a day night game uh, or they're playing a, a huge stretch of games and, you know, 16 straight games without a day off. Okay. Maybe Austin Barnes can get one more night, but like they're not, benefiting from him being in the lineup at all they're actually you know they're actually actively hurting themselves by having him in the starting lineup based on b war and based on you know ops plus uh he's in the negative so like i said i think the dodgers should be open if they see something and you know maybe austin barnes wrists start hurting if they find a catcher that can be you know, a better backup catcher, and maybe Austin Barnes becomes, uh, you know, a guy on the bench slash fake coach the rest of the year as he recovers from his wrist injury. And maybe he does have an injury. I don't know. Like, you know, I had hopes for a Barnes coming into the season because he hit really well at the World Baseball Classic, and he has not hit that well this year at all. And it's, you know, at this point, Last night he came with the bases loaded like twice, and you just knew that like unless he gets walked or hit by a pitch or like a bloop single, that's really all you could count on for Austin Barnes at this point. You can't count on anything. You can't count on like a hard hit. You can't count on anything like that. You're you're counting on the other pitcher to make a mistake. And uh yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's not ideal situation. I think the Dodgers should try to find an upgrade, and if they can't, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I believe it's time to to. I don't know if it's time to move on from Austin Barnes, but at least for this season, it might be time to move on from Austin Barnes. I mean, look at it. World Baseball Classic. He had five hits in eighteen at bats. He had five hits in eighteen at bats this year so far. Austin Barnes has nine hits in. 101 at-bats. He only has four more hits in almost 87 more at-bats. Not good. I think the Dodgers should try to find a way, but if not, they need to play him less, even less than they play him now. So that's going to do it for me. That's going to do it for the talk of this. Uh, Jeff's going to come on. He's going to talk about all-star starters. He's going to talk about the Kershaw update and the plan around him. So that's what's on tap. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Hey, look, it's me, Jeff Snyder. What's up? Hey, uh, this is kind of weird. Normally when Vince and I do split episodes, I do the first part and Vince does the last part. It just usually works out that way. This time, as you can tell, Vince did the first part. I'm doing the last part. Uh, that's because uh, this rain delay messed me up. My son has a baseball tournament this morning, uh, Friday morning. I coach his team. I have to be up very early. And so don't tell anybody, but I'm actually recording this before the game's over. It's the top of the eighth inning right now as I'm recording it. The Dodgers are up 14-3, to crossing my fingers that they win this game, and Vince doesn't have to, you know, redo this whole thing. I remember offseason, we had something where I had recorded something, and uh, something about a free agent, and then maybe Aaron Judge, 
and then uh, he signed with somebody else in between my segment and Vince's. And so uh, mine got thrown out. Never heard by anybody except me and Vince. But anyway, uh, today I'm just going to finish this up. A couple things to talk about that aren't about the game. Uh, first thing is the Dodgers uh, had three starters named to the All-Star team. The fan voting finished up on Thursday and the the results were announced. The Dodgers have J.D. Martinez starting at DH, Mookie Betts starting in the outfield, and Freddie Freeman starting at first base. They only had four guys up for the final vote. Uh, Will Smith, unfortunately, lost out to Sean Murphy. And people are upset, and I get that. Uh, if, we're, if we're being objective, like, I do think Will Smith is more deserving than Sean Murphy because he has a longer track record of being excellent. This year, I really do think it's – you can't go wrong with either guy. They've both been excellent. Uh, you know, you can make an argument. There's so many stats, so many, excuse me, so many ways of judging a player's quality that you could easily make the case that Smith has been better than, than Murphy this year. You can make a case that Murphy's been better than Smith. Obviously, we as Dodger fans would make that first case uh, all day long. And hopefully we all voted. I, I voted every opportunity I had in this final vote. Uh, and so Will Smith got all the votes he could have gotten from me, from my family. And so we, we did our part. Uh, Braves fans generally turn out in these votes. And so it's, it's a bummer that, uh, I feel like Dodger, the Dodgers should have an advantage in fan voting because LA is a huge market and there are Dodger fans all over the country for whatever reason, Dodger fans don't vote as well as some teams. And, uh, you know, that it's okay. Uh, hopefully Will Smith will make, make the team. There's still a chance that he doesn't make the team because, the next uh, nine position players are chosen by a player vote. And it's not crazy to think that the players might vote for JT Riomuto just based on track record, based on, you know, I don't like having, well, I won't say that. I don't think a fan vote is the best way to determine uh, if you, if your goal is to put together the most deserving all-stars. I don't think a fan vote is a good way to do that because fans are voting for their favorite players, not for the best players. Player vote has a different problem, but not necessarily a lesser problem because player vote, you have guys voting for guys they hardly see at all. You know, Yankees players voting on National League catcher. Now, maybe it's their only their own league, but still, you know, you've got players voting on guys who they've seen sometimes only three times so far this year, maybe no times so far this year. Uh and so it is mostly based on reputation, past history, all of that stuff, what they see on the highlights. You know, if you're on an East Coast uh, team, maybe you you do get to watch some highlights. You know, you're watching. Yeah, they're, they're only seeing the highlights. And so I have no idea how well respected Will Smith is among other baseball players. I have no way of knowing. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, but if the players don't vote him in, then the league office gets six votes. The last six spots are determined by the league office. The problem is uh, most of the time, once you get the, the nine players voted in by the fans and the nine players voted in by the players, you still have teams that aren't represented. And because of the rule that every team has to have at least one all-star, uh, a lot of times four or even five of those six votes that the league office has end up being, or, or six spots, they end up being, okay, let's find an, a representative from this crappy team. Uh, oh, the A's have to have somebody. Okay. Let's see who it is. Uh, now 
one good thing is, well, I, I don't know. I haven't looked. I haven't dug in for to see who's likely to be. But the problem is you have three Braves and three Dodgers in the starting lineup. And so you only have, of the nine National League All-Stars we know so far, you only have five teams represented. Braves, Dodgers, Marlins for Luis Arias. Uh, I can't remember who got the other two spots that I'm not thinking of. Um, but, you know, there's only only five teams represented, which means 10 more National League teams need to get All-Stars. Now, how many of those will be among the nine player votes? I don't know. You know, uh, so it's it's conceivable that, I mean, they could even go into the, the league office uh, picks having to use all six for sole representatives. You know, hopefully it won't come down to that. Hopefully they'll find a way to get Will Smith, Will Smith on the team. Ideally, the players respect Smith enough and vote him in. Uh, but our, if not, the league office, hopefully, we'll see. We'll find out in the next week or so. Uh, we'll also find out what pitchers are on the team. And uh, and that's where some of these other, uh, the players vote for pitchers too. And so that can get some of these teams representative, represented. Uh, hopefully Clayton Kershaw and Evan Phillips will both make the team. They both deserve it. And they've both had very good years uh, and very good careers, or at least, you know, last couple of years in the case of Evan Phillips. Speaking of Clayton Kershaw though, uh, he, we got an injury update from him on Thursday. It was something with his shoulder. He said it it tightened up a little bit, uh, got a little sore during that last game. Now, and as I mentioned the other day, he did say that if the no-hitter had still been intact, he would have stayed in the game. Maybe that's a good sign. We don't know. What we know is Kershaw got an in injection in the shoulder on Wednesday. Um, is that right? Yeah, today's Thursday. He pitched on Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, so he got the injection on Wednesday and uh, talk to the media on Thursday. And he's going to play catch this weekend and get a feel for if he's going to make his start on Monday. And I saw some people immediately say, shut him down till after the All-Star break. And I totally understand that sentiment. Uh, it's still 14-3, to three, by the way. It's the bottom of the eighth now. Uh, oh, no, the top of the ninth now. So, uh, yeah, hopefully the Dodgers are going to hold on. Um, I understand that sentiment of shutting Kershaw down until after the All-Star break. If they – Put him on the IL today, Friday. They could backdate it three days, and he would be eligible to come off the IL 12 days from now, which would be during the All-Star break. Uh, and so realistically, they have even a couple more days because you can only backdate an IL stint three days. And so the Dodgers, they have the Wednesday and Thursday after the All-Star game off. Their first game is that Friday. And so uh, – if we go 12 days, uh, basically they'd need to put Kershaw on the IL 12 days before that for him to be able to come back then, which means they'd need to put him on the IL by, IL by Wednesday. No, maybe I'm doing my math wrong. It's it farther out than, uh, you know what? I'd have to, I don't like calendars. Um, okay. Next week. No, they need to put him on the IL right now, basically. Uh, to get him back in that first series with the Mets. So basically, they they if they're going to shut him down, they might as well do it soon so that he can get the full advantage of the All-Star break and miss as few games as possible, assuming it is the minimum IL stint. Um, otherwise, it, it could come back to, you know, it could last longer. But hopefully it is minor. 
Um, but I, I do think they're not going to be dumb about it. I think they're going to be very, very cautious with Kershaw. We all came into the season knowing that Kershaw was likely to spend some time on the IL. The Dodgers came into the season knowing that. Kershaw came into the season knowing that. That's why he signed for only $20 million. And so while it would suck because he's having an awesome year and you know could be in line to start the All-Star game, and that's the other thing that we're, we're, we're not talking about here, uh, maybe they don't want to put Kershaw on the IL until after the players have voted on the All-Stars to make sure that he gets named an All-Star, even if they then have to scratch him uh, and say he's not going to participate, let's replace him. He needs to be named an all-star. He deserves that. But he's also a potential Cy Young candidate, and him missing time would affect that. He has potential to get to 3,000 strikeouts this year. Missing time would affect that. A lot of things that missing time could affect. And so, you know, hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully he plays catch, uh, you know, today or tomorrow, and his shoulder feels great, and he pitches, and and we never think about this again. We look back in the offseason, oh, yeah, remember that one scare with his shoulder? Who knows if that's going to happen? But uh, – that's what I'm hoping for. We'll just have to wait and see. But that's what we know so far, which is more than we knew yesterday, uh, less than we wish we knew. That's going to do it for me. That's going to do it for us. Uh, Dodgers just got out in the top of the ninth. So now as long as the bullpen can hold an 11-run lead here in the bottom of the ninth, Vince won't have to redo this segment. That's going to do it for me. That's going to do it for us for this week. And with that said, I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I also want to thank all of you everydayers. If you're not an everydayer, it's an easy club to join. Just watch or listen every day. It's super fun. You can also check out every Dodger game on the live hometown radio feed on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just launch the SXM app, search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast there by searching for Locked on Dodgers. You can also catch this show wherever you get podcasts or uh, on YouTube. It's free and easy everywhere. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince since 91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. The DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you on Monday.